You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. We've been studying the book of Acts, and last week we went into chapter 6 in the book of Acts. And what's great is that with that transition, we created a, or we're creating a new theme called Finding the Purpose. And the idea is that uh, there are those in the early church that found the purpose, uh, their purpose. And we want to remind us that we can find our purpose. And some of the students that shared today, they're finding their purpose. And last Sunday, we preached, as we looked at the first few verses of chapter 6, seven men who were called to be leaders to serve tables, those men found their purpose. And with that... They were filled with the Spirit, men uh, in that case, but in our case, men and women. They were not just limited to waiting tables. The Spirit of God worked through them and where they also were willing or able to win the lost and even to do miracles. And I just want to share that each of us can win the lost and each of us can do miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. And what a great journey. And today we're going to look at Stephen, one of the seven uh, that were called out, the life of Stephen. And the life of Stephen is captured from Acts chapter 6, verse 8 through chapter 8, verse 3. And yes, in 15 minutes, Lord willing, uh, we will get through this. And I, but I want you to know what we're about to do is doesn't do this speech justice. Uh, as we laid it out and uh, kind of got my mind around this, I, I told Pastor Bobby, I said, uh, uh, this is a brilliant uh, piece uh, in the book of Acts. And we had planned it ahead to, to do it on Mission Sunday and, uh, and to do it in a short amount of time. Uh, we're not going to do it justice, but we're going to do the best we can. And so turn with me to Acts chapter 6 and bear with me. I've got a little head cold, you can probably tell. Uh, but let's look at this. Uh, starting in Acts chapter 6, verse 8. Uh, well, let me just say, uh, Acts 1 through 7, or verses 1 through 7, was the calling of these seven, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. At the end of uh, verse 7, the word of God advanced, the number of disciples increased, and then verse 8, we pick it up. It says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. And by the way, we can do the same. Opposition arose, however, from the members of the synagogue of the freedom men, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. I want to remind you what Jesus said in the Gospels, that we don't have to worry about sharing our faith because at those moments when we take the chance and we have the guts to share our faith, the Holy Spirit helps us. That's exactly what uh, happened here. The Holy Spirit was with them. They couldn't stand up to the wisdom that the Spirit gave them as he spoke. Verse 11, then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They, pro they produced false witness who testified, 
that said, this fellow never stops speaking against the holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw his face was like the face of an angel. The Holy Spirit was on him, and it's a great story. What we see here in these first few verses is that first they hired false testimony, false witnesses to testify against Stephen. The second thing we see in those verses is that they stirred up the people to accuse him of attacking the law of Moses and attacking the temple, and the idea of the temple. And what we're going to see by the end of today, in the next few moments, is that after listening to, to Stephen's testimony, which we're going to dive into, they ended up bringing him out of the city and stoned him to death. He became the first person to give his life as a Christian in the New Testament. And over the next 53 verses, Stephen's speech, it's the longest address in the book of Acts, it's brilliant, like I mentioned before. It reviews the history of Israel and the contributions made by Old Testament leaders. It talks about Abraham and uh, Joseph and Moses, and then uh, slightly talks about Joshua and David and Solomon. And what Stephen does, he uses the Jewish scripture, their own, their own law, and to prove that the Jewish nation was guilty of worse sins than what they had accused him of. And with that, we're going to look at the first thing. The Jewish nation, they had misunderstood their own spiritual roots. That was the first sin. And we see this in the first uh, eight verses of Acts chapter 7. And uh, Stephen starts with the story of Abraham, a man full of grace and a full of faith. Those are two things that marked Abraham's life. And the Jews, they revered Abraham. They would say things like, we are Abraham's children, right? We still uh, revere him. Some of you learn in, in kids' church, Father Abraham, right? Had many sons, right? And we still talk about that. But they would have said that. Yes, we are, we are his children. And the Jews... But what's interesting is they revered him, but they didn't depend on the same faith that Abraham did. Instead, their roots were not based on grace and faith. They were blinded by the simple faith of Abraham and the patriarchs. Instead, they were consumed with man-made traditions, salvation by works. The Jews at that point in history, they were more concerned about keeping the law than putting their faith in Jesus. And so Stephen is warning them about this. By the way, John the Baptist warned of the exact same thing, and even Jesus warned of the same thing, and that caused trouble for John the Baptist and Jesus. The second thing, the second sin, or the second area, was that the Jewish nation, they rejected their God-sent deliverers. So over the next several verses, from verse 9 through 36, we see the focus is now on Joseph and on Moses. Both were called by God to be used by God, but the people, they rejected both of them the first time. I want to pause here for a second. There's a whole message in the, in the waiting, and at some point maybe I'll get a chance to preach it. I don't know. But we, you can look at their call 
and then the early blessings, and then the persecution. There was a pattern of a call, then the blessing, then persecution. And that's what's happened here with Joseph and with Moses. They were, they were both accepted the second time. Think about it. Joseph, the first time he's called, he gets these dreams. There's a blessing of his father. He gets the coat of many colors. But his brothers rejected him and sold him into slavery. The same was with, with Moses. He has this great call, even before he's born, that Moses was going to be uh, uh, used by God. And he was protected for all those years and had the best training. And he, and by, it, he steps into his calling, and, and he's been blessed. And now the Jew, this Jewish slave is being mistreated, and he steps up to defend his own brethren. He kills an Egyptian, and then his own people reject him. And it wasn't until the second time that he came back 40 years later that they did receive Moses as God's person. Both of Joseph and Moses were a type of Christ that they came. And Jesus, he was rejected the first time. But let me tell you, the second time that Jesus returns, when he returns for the church, there will be no rejection. The name of Jesus will go forward and we will uh, reign and rule. And uh, that's an exciting thing to think about. But uh, just like Joseph's brothers and just like the ancestors, uh, uh, they, they rejected and, uh, and that's the second thing. And I would just want to say, when it comes to rejection, having a hard heart, you we can look at those stories and think, oh, you know, why in the world would they ever reject uh, uh, you know, Moses? Or why would they ever reject Joseph? Don't be so hard on them. We all have the propensity in our own lives to slide. The, the, the hymn uh, where it talks about being prone to wander. How many know what that, uh, that song? We're prone to wander. It's, there's a, a, a pull on our lives. And what happens if we're not careful is we, as children of God, even as believers, we can resist the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's what happened in the Jewish case. And, uh, and, and Stephen's calling them out on this. Now, the third thing is that the Jewish nation, they disobeyed their own law. Uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 37 through 43, in that section, Stephen had been accused uh, of uh, him speaking against the sacred law of Moses. And, uh, and what he does, he turns the tables and he shows them that history, a history of Israel, reveals that Israel was a nation that repeatedly broke the law. The Jews worshipped idols on and off. There was pagan worship and pagan uh, rituals and within God's people. They were serving God, then they were, were serving idols. They were serving God, then serving idols. And he lays that out for them. Even when Moses comes down off of the Mount, of Mount Sinai, uh, when, when uh, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses, uh, they refused the law. Look at it, verse 39, chapter 7, verse 39. It says, but our ancestors refused to obey him. That's Moses. When he came down after Mount Sinai, it says, instead, they rejected him. And in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. That it, he is, and Stephen is in his speech, he is showing them how they have failed, that they've consistently missed 
the work of God in their lives. And every time that God was at work, they would eventually reject him. And Stephen is saying, I believe the law. You are the one that are not believing the law. And so we see Joseph was rejected. Moses was rejected. The law was rejected by the Jewish nation. And this long history lesson, all these 53 verses are coming into play. And, and as you dig in, uh, we can see how God was at work, not only in their lives, but how he works in our lives. He makes a way for us to live for him. But don't forget, we're prone to wander. And so we're, this is a call back to serve him. The next defense that Stephen brings is that the Jewish nation, they despised their temple. This is interesting. He was accused of being, speaking against the temple of God. So Stephen, again, flips the tables and gives a short history of the temple. The Jews would have worshipped at the temple, but they only did it out of duty, out of religious formalities. And Stephen points to the fact that their defense of the temple was illogical and unscriptural. And he does a masterful job doing that. And basically he's saying, look, God is bigger than any building. God cannot be contained. And Stephen says, I am not against the temple. It's actually you who are against the temple. And at that point he's talking about being the temple of the Holy Spirit, that, the, that God, he resides in each person that gives their life to him. And then lastly, he sums it up that the Jewish nation, they resisted their own God and his truth. And I want to pick it up there, the story in uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 51. And you just got to imagine that this is building along the way. And again, we're not doing it justice, but this speech is growing and the, the, the leaders of the church and the synagogue there, the, those that are hearing, they are becoming so uh, agitated. And Stephen does not back down. Look what he says in verse 51. He calls them out. He says, you stiff-necked people, your hearts and your ears are, un, are still uncircumcised. And so he hits them right where they're at because uh, the, the Jewish, they, they had a high value of circumcision. He's saying, your hearts and your ears are uncircumcised. He says, you are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Pretty strong. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? And the answer is no. They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one, talking about John the Baptist. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. Again, John the Baptist. You who have received the law. He's saying, look, you have had so much given to you through the angels, but have not obeyed it. And he steps away and he finishes his speech. Warren Wiersbe kind of captures this climax of the this, of this speech. And he says there's a personal application that cuts the hearers to the heart. Throughout the centuries, and I'm reading this as a quote, Israel had refused to submit to God and to obey to the truths that he had revealed to them. Their ears had not heard the truth, their heart did not receive the truth, and their necks did not bow to the truth. And as a result, 
as you move forward, they even killed their Messiah. And so what we see here is this incredible picture. A stubborn people, their hearts were not tender towards the Lord. They were just like their forefathers, just like their ancestors. And just as a side note, there were several prophets of the Old Testament that were killed uh, for their stand as well. Is, uh, Isaiah, for example, was cut in half. Zechariah was killed. And now John the Baptist, a prophet, was killed. Jesus was killed. And now let's look at what happens to Stephen. It says in verse 54, when the members of the Sanhedrins heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth. You can't I can't uh, say that with enough emphasis uh, to, to kind of put our, ourselves in that place. They were so upset. Look what it says, verse 55. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of the young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Who does that sound like? Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it, on the cross? Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. Sounds like Jesus and again. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Just a few more verses, and then we're going to pick up this story uh, in two weeks after Easter. It says, On that day, or, uh, Saul approved their killing. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen, mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. This is a crazy story. And what we see here, again, is this stubborn people, how they were not tender towards God, and they have done the unthinkable. They've murdered another man. A couple things that I want to just highlight in that last little section. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to remind us that we can be full of the Holy Spirit. It says that he looked up into the heavens and saw the glory of God. That is one of five times in all of Scripture. And so this is pretty rare to be able to see into heaven. And as we read that little section, it says something very interesting. We understand that Jesus, now that he's gone to heaven, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. How many are aware of that understanding from Scripture? But as Stephen is being persecuted in this circumstance, look what he saw. It says, look, I see heavens open and the Son of Man not sitting, but standing at the right hand of God. I believe, and this moved me to tears in my office this week as I was studying and uh, I believe that when we are persecuted, when missionaries are persecuted, when you stay, take a stand for the gospel and it gets hard, I believe that God in heaven who is seated, I believe he stands up 
for us and defends us. The blessing comes. And I don't know, that just really ministered to me. And, and I want you to know that we can see our calling, be blessed by it. We will be persecuted. That's the pattern that we see all throughout this speech. And we can know that God, he's in control. He's helping us along the way. The Lord speaks to his people. God is working in our lives. And the question this morning as we close is are you open to the working of God in your life this morning? Or are you resisting him in some way? If you resist, it's a negative uh, downward spiral. But if you listen and do what God says, there are blessings that come when we purify our lives and do what the Lord says. The history of the Old Testament repeated itself over and over and over. But church, we do not have to live in that kind of cycle. We can choose to serve the Lord, and God will bless us. Yes, there will be persecution. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, there, it's not all just perfect. But I guarantee that when we, we soften our hearts towards the Lord, God he uses that in our lives and he advances the gospel through us and he helps us each and every step of the way. Let's pray. Lord, I'm asking that this story, this summary in the last few moments would become alive in each of us and that we would hear your voice and God, that you would do the supernatural here in our midst. Help us, God, to be sensitive to you in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning, I'm going to kind of work this a little different than normal. I want to talk about or kind of give you an opportunity for those that are resisting God in this season of your life. You recognize that you've been, you know what's right, but you've been kind of resisting that truth. I want to, to give you an opportunity just to lift up your hand, this eyes closed, please. This is between you and the Lord. Yeah, who else would say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, lots of hands, absolutely. And what God wants to do is he wants to spare you the next season. If you humble your heart and listen to God, you can put your hand down, then God brings the blessing. Yes, persecution, but there's blessing. God wants to be with his people. And this morning, if you're here and that was you, you raise your hands. We're going to pray here in just a moment. It's quite possible that someone here also, first ser or second service, uh, may not know the Lord as their personal Savior. And we want to ask and give you the opportunity to receive Christ as well. With your heads continue to be bowed, eyes closed. If you're here and you're saying, you know, Pastor, uh, resist the Holy Spirit, resist God. Uh, I don't even know Jesus, or I don't have a relationship with the Lord, or maybe I've walked away completely, and you want to come back, or you want to experience salvation in a powerful way. I want you just to lift your hands. Is there anyone here? Second service. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. A couple, young man, and then 
young lady. Anyone else? Who else? Respond in that way. Say, man, I need Jesus to save me. For the sake of the two, would you just repeat a prayer after me, everyone together? Say, dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me of all my sins. Make my heart clean. I believe in you that you died on the cross and rose again. And now you're seated at the right hand of the Father. Thank you for saving me, for cleaning up my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we rejoice and praise the Lord for the one and the two, uh, the young man and the young lady. And so uh, thank the Lord for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to ask that you stand this morning, and I want to commission us with this idea that we all can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and be used by God just like Stephen. Now, the reality, as we study this, and uh, the commentators and, and other pastors, they recognize that, at least in our context here in North America, um, there are chances of us experiencing, uh, 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 being, becoming a martyr is probably not that great, right? Uh, just because we live in the United States where there's freedom of religion. But the Lord calls all of us to be living sacrifices. And with that perspective, with that idea, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so we can be a living sacrifice. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would just help us to live out your word. Help us, God, to not be like the Jewish nation that was on and then off again and on and off again. But Lord, keep our hearts soft towards you. Keep us, Lord, with a perspective, with our eyes on you. And Lord, I pray that you just fill us with your spirit for the task at hand. And for this next week or two or three leading up to baptism, God, again, use us to reach one more. And with that perspective, I pray. And Lord, I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen and amen. God bless you. I went over our time a little bit. I hope that's okay. Uh, turn and greet as you leave. God bless you. Go in the grace of God this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.